John chapter number 16. I'm preaching on verses 16 down through the end of the chapter, verse 33. For time's sake, I'm just going to read verse number 33. John chapter 16, verse 33. It's the Lord speaking to his disciples, and he says, These things I've spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. If you'll notice the phrase, be of good cheer. I want to preach to you for a little while on that subject this morning. Let's pray together. Father, help me. Guide me by your spirit. I yield myself to you. Would you deal with us thoroughly, I pray, and speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. And when you come to this text, beginning in verse number 16, in context, the Lord Jesus has been pouring his heart out to these men that are gathered with him on the night before he'll be crucified. He knows in just a little while he'll be taken from them and hung on an old rugged cross and he'll die for the sin of the world. In order to prepare them for what was in their near future, he tells them, just in context here, how the world would hate them and would persecute them. He told them it would be so severe that they would put them out of the synagogue and even kill them, thinking that they were doing God's service. He was telling them these things so that they would not be offended, the Bible says, which means they wouldn't be stumbled up or, or be tripped up when these things took place. And even though the Lord gave them wonderful promises and told them that it was advantageous that he go away from them, the news of his soon departure from them and the news of their coming persecution filled their heart with sorrow. That's found in verse number 6. And we move into, the, into our text beginning in verse number 16. We see the Lord continues to speak to these men and giving them instructions and trying to encourage their hearts. And at the conclusion of his message to these men, the Lord Jesus Christ makes a statement that the Lord has drawn my attention to. It's the statement in verse number 33 that I've already mentioned to you where he says, Be of good cheer. That phrase, be of good cheer, means to have courage. It means to have good comfort. Now, let us put ourselves there at this time in that room with those men. After hearing how the Lord that we've spent all this time with was going to leave us and the world was going to hate us, was going to persecute us and even kill us. And in the face of all this troubling news, our Lord looks at us and he says, be of good cheer, have courage, be comforted. My question just by means of introduction is how in the world could these men be of good cheer after hearing what they've just heard that they will go through? How could they take courage and be comforted in the midst of such sorrow? In other words, the Lord that they had been with for all these years, he's just told them, I'm getting ready to leave you. And when I leave you, this world that you're living in is going to hate you. They're going to persecute you. And they're going to kill you just for your connection to me. And they're going to think that they're doing God's service by killing you. Folks, that's not very comforting news. That's troubling news. And how in the world can the Lord look at them in that room after he's told them what he's just told them and said, I want you to be of good cheer. I want you to have courage and be comforted in the midst of all this sorrow. Are you telling me that the Lord has made it possible for his children to have comfort and courage and be at peace in the midst of being hated, in the midst of being persecuted? in the midst of, of, of even staring martyrdom in the face and being killed for their connection with him. I say yes, yes, yes. 
a thousand times yes. That even in the midst of this horrifying news, these men did not have to go through life afraid. They did not have to go through life sorrowful. Rather, they could go through life, even persecution and death, with courage and comfort and cheer in their heart. I ask you a question, how can this happen? How can there be so much troubling news taking place, and yet God's child can have a smile on their face? How's it possible to be going through so, so, so much troubling times and yet have peace in our heart? I submit to you that it's only possible by focusing on what the Lord said in these verses before us. Beginning in verse number 16 down through verse number 33, he says four things. That if we focus on these four things in the midst of trouble, and we focus on these four things in the midst of sorrow and trying times, Folks, may I remind you that in verse number 33, he said, in the world you'll have tribulation. Is that not the truth? We are living in tribulation times, in troublesome times, that if you're not careful and you pay attention to the news and all these troublesome times, your heart can become depressed and overwhelmed and burdened and you become afraid and fearful. But folks, if you're God's child, you don't have to. You can be of good cheer. You can be of good comfort and, and be of good courage in the midst of all these troublesome times. Let me give you four reasons why that's true if you're God's child. Let me, and let me emphasize again, these four truths are only true for the child of the living God. If I'm speaking to somebody who does not know for sure that heaven is your home, hey, isn't it great when you hear that teenagers put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Maybe I'm talking to somebody today, you've come to this church service, but you've never come to Jesus Christ. May I say that your need is salvation, only found in the Lamb of God. His name is Jesus Christ. And if you know him as your personal Savior, there are four things that we hear him say. And these four things, these four truths can help us be of good cheer, be of good comfort, to take courage in the midst of the most troubling times that we're ever going through, just like these disciples that he was speaking to when he told them this news. There's four reasons that we can be of good cheer. Reason number one. The first thing he gives them is found in verses 16 to 22. Let's read this. I'll read it. You just read it silently as I go here. Now keep in mind what he's just told them. He has just told them that he is going away from them. He's just told them that the world's going to hate them. The world's going to persecute them. That the world's going to kill them thinking that they're doing God's service. And in the middle of that he says this in verse 16. He said, a little while you shall not see me. And again, a little while, and you shall see me, because I go to the Father. Then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he saith unto us? A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and you shall see me, and because I go to the Father. They said, Therefore, what is this that he saith a little while? We cannot tell what he saith. Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him, and said unto them, Do ye inquire among yourselves of that I said a little while, and ye shall not see me? And again, a little while, and ye shall see me. Verily, verily, I say unto you that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. Ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow, because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born in the world. And ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again. And your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. Look here, please. Reason number one, that God's child, if you know Jesus as your Savior, 
reason number one that we can be of good cheer in the midst of trouble sometimes, in the midst of heartache and pain like we've never experienced. Reason number one is because in a little while we will see Jesus. In these verses, you'll notice the Lord told these men, in a little while they will not see him. But then again, in a little while they would see him. It's interesting that that word see there, in a little while you will not see me, but then in a little while you will see me. Yes, in English that's the same word, but if you study those words, they have different meanings. The first word see where he says in a little while you will not see me, it means to be a spectator. In other words, like they had been with him, walking with him for years, and they were spectators watching him do all these things. He said in a little while you're not going to see me like that. I'm going to be taken away from you. But then he said, in another little while, you will see me. You know what that word see means? He means, when he said, in a little while after this, when you see me, it means to look at something remarkable with eyes wide open. In other words, he's saying, in just a little while, you will see me like you've never seen me before. The disciples didn't understand what the Lord was saying to them. So he began to explain to them what he meant. He said that they would weep and lament, but the world would rejoice. No doubt this is in reference to his soon crucifixion and his death, where the world would rejoice and they would be weeping and lamenting. But however, he told his disciples that their sorrow would be turned into joy. And then he likens it to a woman giving birth in verses 21 and 22. And he told these men that they were going to experience anguish and sorrow. They were going to experience crying and weeping and lamentation. But this lamentation and crying and anguish and sorrow that they would go through would soon turn into joy and their heart would rejoice. This was going to happen because he said, I will see you again. There's some debate as to whether the Lord was referring here to his resurrection or to his second coming. But I say to you, who cares what he's referring to? Because the fact of the matter is, is that Jesus did die and they were sorrowful and they did cry and they did lament. But three days later, he rose again, victorious over death, hell and the grave. And there's coming a day, folks, if you know Jesus, one reason we can be of good cheer in the midst of sorrow and trouble and anger anguish and pain and crying and suffering is because in a little while we're going to look at something remarkable when we see the face of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you that he likens it to the birth of, 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 of right here like a baby boy. He says, I know that what you're getting ready to go through is going to cause you pain. It's going to cause you anguish. It's going to cause you sorrow. It's going to rip your heart out of your chest. But he's saying, I want you to understand something. It's like the birth of a child. It's like a mother. And all mothers understand this. He said, it's like a mother going into labor. There's pain. There's anguish. There's suffering. But then when the child is born, Jesus said she forgets her anguish. She forgets her pain because the child is now lying in her arms. Are you listening to me? Jesus is telling them in that room, he said, I know the news I'm telling you has hurt your heart. And I know you're going to go through some troublesome times. And I know you're going to go through some anguishing times, lamenting times, weeping times. But he's saying, when you see me, it's going to be worth it all. This is what he's saying. 
You know, we can be of good cheer even in the midst of sorrow, even in the midst of trouble, even in the midst of persecution, even in the midst of death, even in the midst of COVID, even in the midst of anything else. We can be of good cheer even though it may look bleak and it may get tough. We can be of good cheer because in just a little while, just a little while, he says, you'll see me. You know, sometimes I try to stop and think about seeing the Lord. You ever tried to do that? You ever tried to stop and think about seeing Jesus for the first time? I've tried that. You know what my experience is? My mind goes so far and then it just shuts off. There's a reason. Because there's no way we can fully fathom that. But I promise you one thing, in the midst of all this trouble and all this heartache and all this suffering... And folks, can I get an amen here, please? We are living in troublesome times. We are living in I'm talking about dangerous times and heart, heart-wrenching times and times that if you're paying attention to the news, it can cause much tribulation, much pain, much anguish. But if you know Jesus, in just a little while, we're going to see him face to face. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 22, verse 4, it puts it this way. It says, and they shall see his face. I promise you one thing, friends. No matter what we're going through on planet earth, when we get to heaven and we see Jesus, all of our troubles will pale in comparison to seeing the lovely face of our Lord. He's saying, be of good cheer because in a little while you'll see me again. Then there's a second reason he gives us that we can be of good cheer in the midst of trouble and sorrow. Not only can we be of good cheer because in a little while we'll see Jesus But number two, we can be of good cheer because whatever we ask the Father in the name of Jesus, he will give us. We see this in verses 23 and 24. Look at it with me, please. Where Jesus said, in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. In these verses, the Lord reminded them again that even though he was going to be gone away from them, he was leaving them. He was leaving their immediate presence there where they could not be a spectator like they were used to. He's saying, because I'm leaving, you don't understand this, but because I'm leaving, you will be able to pray directly to the Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus, and the Father would grant their request. You know, folks, this is another truth that the troubles of this world, and there are troubles everywhere, but this is another truth that the troubles of this world cannot take away from us who are saved. They cannot take the truth away from us that we can bow our head and say, Our Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm coming to you and I'm offering my prayers. I'm telling you, it should cause our hearts to be of good cheer that we can talk directly to God And he hears our prayers in the name of Jesus. In other words, the things that are in accordance with his will, the things that he agrees with, when we pray to the Father because of what Jesus has done, we can rest assured that the Father hears our prayers. See, as the God of Israel, he had been known. But now believers were to approach him in the conscious relationships of children addressing their father. Because the Lord Jesus Christ died, because he was buried, and because he rose again, we can have direct access to the Father through the precious name of Jesus Christ. You may have heard the story of the poor boy who was dying on the battlefield. 
after one of the great conflicts in the war between the states. Another soldier nearby crawled to this boy who was dying on the battlefield, and he found this poor boy in a dreadful condition and did everything he could to help him. If you notice them just kind of just in your mind's eye, right there talking to each other, one of them, his life is leaving him, and they're talking together. And the other one who's trying to help, he said, now if I get out alive, he says, is there anything I can do for you? He's saying this to the dying soldier there. But the dying soldier turned it around and said, well, maybe I can do something for you. He said, my father's wealthy. And if you get through this conflict alive and you're ever in need, I want you to take this card. And this dying soldier wrote a few words upon this card. And he gave it to this, to this other soldier who's trying to help him. And he said, if you're ever in dire need and you make it through this conflict, he said, you go see my daddy. And I know he'll be ready to help you out. The soldier who tried to help this dying one, he didn't think he'd ever use the card. But the time came, he did make it through the conflict, and he became in dire need. And he remembered the conversation he had with this dying boy. He remembered his, this dying boy had a, had a wealthy father, and he went and found this wealthy man. And through the underlings and the secretaries, this man sent his own card. Maybe I can do something response. But then he thought about the conversation he had with this man's boy. And he thought about the other card he had that the boy gave to him and said, if you ever need anything, my daddy's rich. You take this to him. And what his card could not do when he sent the boy's card in, in just a little bit, the daddy came out. And written on that, written on that card were these words, Father, if you can ever do anything for my friend who helped me when I was dying, please do so. And it was signed, Charlie. And when the daddy read the words of his son who was now dead in a moment out came this businessman and he said oh why didn't you send that in before he said I'll do anything that I can for you for Charlie's sake are you listening to me if you try to go in the presence of God on your own card your own name you will not get you will not get through but if you know Jesus Christ as your personal savior his father is rich. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And I'm telling you, he owns it all. And I'm saying that what our name could never do, because Jesus left them that night, they didn't understand it, but because he went to the cross and shed his blood and was buried and rose again, God the Son told those men, be of good cheer because of this. You can pray to my Father. Glory to God, I'm starting to feel good right there. And I'm, he's saying you can pray and you can have assurance that if you use my name, he will hear your prayers and he will answer your prayers and you can pray to God yourself. May I say this to you? They may, they may be trying to strip, up us, strip, up us, strip us of everything. They may be trying to take our church attendance, try to, try, try to intimidate us. But one thing they will never take is the privilege to get on our knees. And go to, the, to, to God the Heavenly Father and cry out, Abba, Father, I need you today. I'm telling you, aren't you glad you can pray? 
Aren't you glad you can get on your knees and call out to God? I'll tell you, that's another reason in the middle of troublesome times. In times when your world is shaken and everything seems to be turning upside down, you, if you're saved, you can pray directly to the Heavenly Father. I'm telling you, this is what the Lord is saying to his disciples. Their hearts were wounded. He knew they were hurting. Their Lord was leaving them. The world would hate them, persecute them, kill them. But because of what the Lord Jesus was going to do, they would be able to approach the Heavenly Father in his name and have the Father listen to them and respond to their request. Folks, this truth is enough to help our hearts be of good cheer in the midst of trouble, persecution, even death. Be of good cheer because you have the listening ear of the God of the universe. He's hearing you when you pray in the name of Jesus. This is a second reason. Then there's a third reason he gives. Not only are we to be of good cheer because in a little while we'll see the Lord. We can be of good cheer, number two, because anything we ask for in the name of Jesus, the Father hears us And he answers our prayers. There's a third reason that he gives is found in verses 26 to 28. And that is we can be of good cheer because the Father loves us. We see this in verse 26. Look at it. He said, at that day ye shall ask in my name. And I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. Notice this. For the Father himself loveth you. Because you've loved me. And I believe that I came out from God Precious are the words of the Lord in these verses to his disciples. Go with me in your mind's eye back to that room that these men are in. And their Lord, our Lord, is standing before them. They're used to being with him day and night and watching perform miracles and all these things. He's been so good to them. They love him and he loves them. And he looks at them and he says, listen, in a little while you're not going to see me like you're used to. But in another little while, you will see me again. And when you see me, you're going to see me like you've never seen me before. Aren't you looking forward to that, friends? He says you can also be of good cheer because because of what I'm doing that you don't understand. Because I'm leaving you now, I'm bringing you into a relationship with the Father where you can pray and talk to him yourself. And he says, I'm going to tell you why you can pray in my name and talk to him yourself. I'll tell you why, he says in verse number 27. He says, the reason you can do this is because the Father loves you. Good night. I'm telling you, I don't come to the pulpit uh, expecting, you know, God. What? what, But when God breaks my heart and I feel the presence of God, I've, I've felt him in both services, brother. Glory to God. I'm telling you right here today. That Jesus told them, because you love me. Let me pause there. Do you love Jesus? Amen. Let me tell you why we love him. The word of God tells us we love him because he first loved us, right? Let me tell you why I love Jesus and I love Jesus. Let me tell you why I love him. Because he loved me. But here's what he said. He said, you love me. And because you love me, my father loves you. Aren't you glad God loves you today? I'm telling you, I'm rejoicing in my heart here. You know what the word loveth means here? Where he says the Father himself. Isn't that precious? He didn't just say the Father. He said the Father himself. The Father himself loveth you. You know what that word loveth means? 
It means to be fond of. You know what I'm glad of? I'm glad God's fond of me, aren't you? It means to be a friend to. Aren't you glad God's your friend today? It means to have affection for. It means he loves you. It means to be personally attached to you. I like what Harry Ironside said. He's illustrating this because in these verses you'll notice the Lord said, I'm not going to tell you I'm going to pray for you. Wait a minute, I thought Jesus is praying for us. He is, amen. But here he said, I'm not going to tell you that I'm praying for you. That's not a contradiction. He's just trying to teach us about our personal prayer life. It's like what Harry Ironside said. He said, suppose that here's a family with a loving father, but there's a wayward son and a sweet daughter. The son comes to his sister and says, Mary, will you go to my dad and ask money from, my da- from our dad to buy me another suit of clothes? Let me ask you a question. If the son goes to the sister to get money from the dad, what is the son saying about his relationship and fellowship with the father? He's saying it's not good. He's saying I don't have confidence that the father loves me like he loves you, right? In other words, I believe you as his child can get more out of him than I can get. Are you listening to me? The Lord doesn't promise to go to the Father on our behalf here. You know what he's telling us? See, that might suggest distance or coldness between the Father and us. But they must never get the idea that the Father somehow has to be persuaded to answer their prayers. He wanted them to know God loves you. He was e- he's eager to hear you. He wants to answer you. What the Lord is teaching here is that the Father loves us as much as the Son loves us, and he reaches out to us as much as Jesus reaches out to us. The point here is because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, sinful men who have the heavenly Father as an enemy were born at enmity against God. God's wrath is against us. In other words, before we trusted Christ as our Savior, we were the enemy of God. We're born that way. We have the wrath of God upon us. Yet that wrath can be turned into affection, fondness, attachment, friendliness. Folks, that's enough to make anybody shout, amen. This is enough to be of good cheer even when faced with hatred, persecution, and death. God the Father loves those who love Jesus and who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the third reason that he gave that we can be of good cheer in the midst of trouble and sorrow and our world seemingly turning upside down. Jesus says, you can be of good cheer because in a little while you're going to see me like you've never seen me before. You can be of good cheer because you can pray directly to the Father in my name and be assured that he's hearing you you can be of good cheer because the father loves you he's not against you he's fond of you he's not your enemy anymore he's your friend isn't that enough to put a little bit of a smile in your heart and face friends God loves you then there's a fourth reason it's our text verse in verse number 33 He said, these things I've spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. Is that the truth or not, friends? Amen. There's tribulation in this world. There's heartache in this world. But notice this. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The fourth reason we can be of good cheer when our world is upside down because of the news that we hear and our world is troubled and we're We're going through heartache and anguish and sorrow and weeping and all the above. 
We're going through the birthing pains, and it's painful. In the midst of that, we can be of good cheer. Because number four, Jesus has overcome the world. At this point, the disciples say, going back to verse number 29, the disciples say that they do believe that he came forth from God. But the Lord burst their bubble to let them know not to be overconfident in the flesh. And he tells them in verses 29 and following here, he tells them that the hour was now come when they would be scattered and leave him alone. Yet the Father would be with him. Then he went into the last words of the message before he lifts his eyes and begins to pray in chapter 17. In verse number 33, he says this. He tells them in him they could have peace. He told them in the world they would have tribulation. But they could be of good cheer because he's overcome the world. You know what the word overcome means? It means he's subdued it. He's conquered it. He's prevailed against it. He's already gotten the victory. In other words, the Lord is sharing with these men that the victory's already been won. Folks, they are not on the losing side. They're on the winning side. And may I say to you that if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting in victory. We are on the winning side. The world in which his people would be so mistreated, so hated, so abused, so killed, has already been defeated by the one that they truly hate and the one that they killed. His name is Jesus. Folks, this is enough to be of good cheer even in the face of hatred, persecution, and death. Let's be honest. Does it not look like the world is winning? Let's be honest. Does it not look, seem like the devil's having his way? Does it not look like the devil's winning this battle? Are you listening to me? It looks that way. It seems that way. But Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, we don't live by sight. We live by faith. And we understand something. I've got news for the devil. I've got news for his demons. I've got news for the Christ haters. I've read the back of the book and I'm on the winning side. Amen. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you are on the winning side. Just like Curtis Hudson saying, that old saint of God who's with the Lord now, that mighty preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ, he sung the song, once I wandered out in sin, had no peace, no joy within, and my soul was burdened down with pride. But the Savior came along, and he showed me I was wrong, and he placed me on the winning side. The chorus says, well, I'm on the winning side. Yes, I'm on the winning side. No more out in sin will I abide. I've enlisted in the fight for the cause of truth and right. Praise the Lord, I'm on the winning side. I will never have a fear for my Lord is ever near. And in him so often I confide. He's the keeper of my soul since I gave to him control. And he placed me on the winning side. Folks, these men with the Lord have just been told their world was about to change. Go back with me in your mind's eye. I'm just, I'm just kind of summarizing some things here. Go back with me in your mind's eye. And there in that room, the night before the Lord Jesus Christ will be crucified, do you see them standing there? Are you in that room with them now in your mind's eye? They've traveled with him for years. They love the Lord because he first loved them. He's changed their life. They are children of God. They believe on him. They love him. And he looks at them that night. Do you see him there? He looks at them that night and he knows because he knows all things. And he tells them, 
in this world, you're going to have tribulation. He tells them that this world is going to hate you. And this world is going to persecute you. And this world is going to kill you. And they're going to think that they're pleasing God when they do it. And oh, by the way, I'm leaving. Can you not sense it? You mean we're going through all of that and you're leaving? And he knows. Verse number 6. He says, I know your hearts are filled with sorrow. But he says, in a little while, even though I'm leaving, and you're not going to see me like you're typically going to see me day by day, he said, but in another little while, you will see me, and I will see you again. And the next time you see me, you're going to see me in a way that you have never seen me before. And he says, oh, by the way, I know your heart's sorrowful. I know you're brokenhearted. I know you don't understand. I know you can't connect the dots. I know you can't put the puzzle together. Because I'm leaving, you will be able to lift your head or bow your head in your eyes and say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm coming to you and God the Father will listen to your prayers. And I know even when your heart is full of sorrow, yes, but in the midst of it, you're going to see me like you've never seen me before. You can pray like you've never been able to pray before. And not just that, but I've got good news for you men. Ladies, you love me, don't you? Do you hear him? You love Jesus. He said, because you love me, my Father loves you. He loves you. You don't have to have me to go into the presence of God now. In other words, him praying for us. We've got to have his blood. We've got to have his sacrifice. We go to God in Jesus' name. But he said, I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to pray the Father for you. You can go yourself. You can go yourself because he's not your enemy any longer. He's not, he's not full of wrath against you any longer. No. He loves you. He's fond of you. He's your friend. Good night. God is my friend. God is fond of me. God loves me. And he said not just that, but this world who's going to kill you, persecute you, and absolutely wear you out, and your heart's full of sorrow, and it's full of pain, and you can't figure it out, and it seems like they're winning, you can be of good cheer because I've already overcome the world. You're on the winning side. Glory to God, friends. I'm telling you one thing. If you don't know Jesus, you need to know him. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ, today's the day of salvation. Now's the accepted time. I'm telling you, he loves you. He died for you. He shed his blood for you. And if you call upon him and ask him to come into your heart and life, he's promised he'll forgive you and save you and give you peace and put you on the winning side. But if you've already made that decision, I'm telling you, I know it's hurtful. I know it's sorrowful. I know it's full of pain. 
I know there are things taking place that we can't figure out. There are things you can't connect the dots. And it seems like that this piece of the puzzle just cannot fit there. How in the world is this going to happen? It just looks like a, a big jumbled up mess of alphabet soup. And you're expected to write a whole paragraph from that. And you just, you just can't figure it out. I've got good news for you. Here's the message. You don't have to figure it out. He already has. I don't have to try to figure this out, friends. All I've got to do is be of good cheer. I, as God, is it okay if I come down here? I, as God's child, sometimes I just like to be on eye level. You know, I'm so short, I'm on eye level with you and you're sitting down. I just sometimes sense in my heart that God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit just wants to be praised wants to be uplifted by faith you're hurting I'm hurting you're full of sorrow remember what Jesus said these are birthing pains and it hurts it's sorrowful it's anguish like you've never felt he says when the birth has taken place and you hold that little baby it's worth it isn't it ladies who are mother it's worth it isn't it and he's saying for the child of God I know it hurts I know it's painful and I know you're suffering I know you can't figure it out just hang on a little while because when you see Jesus when you see him it's going to be worth it all friends be of good cheer this world who's searching for peace and hope and victory they're looking everywhere and they can't find it and when they see God's child somebody that they know loves Jesus somebody who claims to know Christ if they see us walking around like this, oh, what are we going to do? Oh, good night. What's going to happen? What if this? What if this? Listen, friends, why would they want what we have? But we're going through what they're going through. You understand? We're in the same crazy world as they're in. But if they see a child of God living in the peace of God, saying, I can't figure it out, but I'm at peace. I have comfort. I have courage. And I'm being of good cheer. If they see that in the midst of all this troublesome news, maybe they'll want what we have. It's not what we have, it's who we have. His name is Jesus.